Welcome to the Ultimate Dentist podcast. Join us to hear success stories of various individuals and learn clinical and life hacks to help you become the ultimate dentist. Hello and welcome again. I hope you all are doing great in this second part of the few parts uh, series of step-by-step protocol for full mouth reconstruction, we are going to discuss about mock-ups. This is a, a very important part of the stage, but let's recap what we discussed in last episode. In last episode, we discussed that appointment number one and appointment number two will consist of your initial assessment, your um, comprehensive assessment, proposal of treatment plan, and record gathering. So you're going to take some records. And this is all part of our overall three-step technique to full mouth reconstruction. And appointment number one and two is um, part of step one, which is treatment planning. Today, we are going to discuss about appointment number three and appointment number four. Again, that is also part of part one or a step one of three-step technique. In We also discussed some of the key factors in affecting your treatment planning in last episode. Those factors were assessing patient, whether you can get on with the patient or not, load testing, uh, whether TMJ is in a healthy position or not, checking where, whether the patient has generalized wear or localized wear and how to treat that wear. Because if patient has a dental alveolar compensation, you may need to think about orthodontic treatment rather than raising OVD sometime because of the aesthetic uh, implications of just raising OVD. We also discussed about curve of speed, and this is very important for me whenever I am planning any treatment. I want curve of speed to be as flat as possible because we do not want the curvature or the incline or the anterior protrusive guidance to be very, very steep because that can lead to a lot of issues. Um, and we are also we also discussed about limiting factors such as newly fitted crowns, crown with post and cores, implant crowding, or supra-erupted teeth. Now, once you have gathered data, mounted models, assess the um, mounted models. And this is where many dentists tell me that they don't have articulator or they don't know how to mount models. Of course, uh, in my opinion, it is very important that you understand how to mount model. But um, when you are starting and if you don't know how to mount models, then at least you need to understand how to assess mounted models. Because yes, mounting models digitally is a way around of uh, not being able to mount models properly. Um, You can mount models digitally but even then, you need to be able to assess those mounted models, either analog or in a digital way. And that's where you need to make sure that you have assessed the model. You have then, um, so if you don't have articulator, what I would suggest is you ask technician to send mounted models on an articulator back. Many times I see when technician will send you your models back for back serves, you will only get models, not articulators. Now, models without articulator, even though they are articulated models, they are useless because you cannot assess them. So the fact that technician has mounted models and did the wax up, you'll have to take their word for it. You cannot assess properly whether the, the guidance are, is the way you want it or the, the, the OVD is increased the way you want it. So 
make sure that once you have sent patients all the records, Facebook and interclusal records, you ask technician to send the models back, the mounted models back, ask them to send it back with um, Facebook and interclusal records. Facebook, you can't really check, but you could possibly put interclusal records back and make sure that the mounting is correct as much as you can check. But the other single important thing you need to assess is um, how the mounted models meet together and you will be, this is the time you'll be really be able to assess patient's occlusion in uh, CO, how much vertical height you want and how does the curve of speed look like and how much OVD you probably would want to raise. What I tend to do if I am not doing wax up by myself, I tend to do all my wax up for direct restoration by myself. Um, but for indirect restoration, I want my technician to do the wax up. Reason being that every technician has a unique perception of shape of teeth. And I want to know how they visualize the shape of the teeth. If the technician cannot do good wax up, um, in my opinion, they may not understand how the shapes work and they may not be able to give you the good final result. So, and for me, shapes matter more than color. Um, so you need to make sure you have the shape corrected. Now, once the technician has sent the models back, you need to, I, I tend to assess the occlusion and see and mark how much OVD I want to raise. I will increase or decrease the pin the way I want it and set the OVD according to that. And once I have set it, I'll mark it and I'll tell technician to then do the wax up at that OVD. So you have set the OVD. Now, sometimes you don't know how much OVD you want to raise. You could, what you can do is when you are doing your records, you can build um, using, you know, a composite mock-up um, in patient's mouth, just build a couple of central and upper end central and laterals um, freehand to increase the height to see how much height you want of the teeth. Um, you could increase the OVD if you want, but generally it's the anterior teeth and the smile and the height. And then that gives technicians some idea as to how much height is good. And you can tell technician, okay, increase the incisal length by this many millimeter. Um, generally, when I'm increasing OVD, I am uh, looking at my restorative space. Almost always I look at the anterior teeth because you can open the pen up. And if the anterior teeth is way apart, then I, can, I can't build a very, very thick platform to make them meet. So that will limit how much opening I can do. And that's why I like deep bite cases, because when you have a deep bite cases, you can open a lot uh, and you can get, gain a lot of uh, restorative space, especially in indirect cases, without um, having much issue. But if patient has a shallow anterior bite, and if you start opening their occlusion, um, you might get into trouble because you might you won't be able to open too much without teeth looking very bulbous or bulky. So that's what I'm checking when I am assessing how much OVD I want to increase. So I will set the articulator according to the way I want. In this appointment, I also do uh, a very important thing, uh, which many dentists ask me that, you know, how do you guide your technician as to what wax up you want because if you just at this stage send the articulator back and tell your technician that you know do the wax up they will give you the most beautiful wax up possibly you can imagine however 
they'll put wax wherever they need to to make the wax up look beautiful. The problem with that is that let's say you have not planned for anterior buckle veneers. You've just planned for functional reconstruction where you, you're just going to have palatal backing and the incisal uh, increase of the length, but not buckle veneer. But if the technician has put wax on the buckle aspect and now that you can use that wax for mock-up, then you're giving patient a false impression as to how their teeth will look like. So in order to avoid this confusion, you need to write technician a letter explaining your treatment plan, explaining what are you planning to do. But that's not enough because in my experience, many times technician can get carried away to make their job look very pretty and they still end up putting wax wherever they want. So I tend to then mark the surfaces I want technician to put the wax on in pencil. And technician, uh, you need to tell technician you do not cover any other surfaces and make sure you create that very defined boundary as to where the wax needs to stop. And if this doesn't look aesthetically nice, then at least you can tell patient that, look, you need a buckle veneers to make it look nice and then you can charge patient appropriately. So um, just make sure you guide technician in order to do the wax up. So let's say you have uh, told technician to do the wax up and technicians turn the wax up and now you've got the waxed up models back. Appointment three will be mock-up. Mock-up means a trial of the wax up in patient's mouth and make sure that before patient arrives, you assess the wax up. At this appointment as well, I'll ask technician to send the articulated models. So send the models and articulators together so you can assess the wax up before patient arrives. Um, I, I make wax uh, putty indices myself, so I would wet the model. So make sure you wet the model so you put some water on it uh, so that it soaks up the water because sometimes if you put putty, you're trying to make putty indices on the wax up and sometimes putty can just pull the, the wax up out or putty can get stick to the model. So make sure you, you wet the model and then um, use um, putty indices to create um, your index. Now, sometime if you want more finer detail, then you can, once you created that putty index, you can flow some light body material and put the index back again on the model and really uh, press it hard so that it captures every single little detail. Again, this means that your models, which you take impressions on, needs to be very super accurate. If they're not accurate, then what you will see is when you're doing mock-up in patient's mouth, you see a lot of excess material, which you need to then clean up. Um, now, once you made that indices, you cut the indices up to the cervical margin. So you only have teeth covered, not beyond cervical margin, not onto the gum. And that helps in removing your excess material. I use uh, Luxa Temp or Maxi Temp as a temporary crown and bridge material to put that into the putty indices whenever I'm doing mock-up. Before you seat putty indices, make sure you use PTFE tape, long PTFE tape in interdental areas. And what that will do is that will avoid um, your mock-up flowing into interdental areas and will make sure that the patient can use TP brushes through this mock-up because you are going to leave this mock-up for at least a week in patient's mouth to assess for various things. So you want to make sure that the interdental areas are 
clean free it's free of any material so at least for anterior teeth because that's where interproximal area is a bit more wider you are going to put put uh, ptfe tape just roll it out and put it in like a floss and then put the putting index on top and pull those ptfe tapes out while the while your acrylic is setting and that will create a gap if there is very obvious undercut which you think your uh, temporary crown and bridge material can get stuck into and might be difficult to take it out then um, you need to just put some sort of a temporary material uh, or blocking material or glass enamel cement or something uh, just to block out that undercut Uh, but use something temporary which can be easily taken out uh, before you put that putty in this back because sometime when you are using this method uh, that your acrylic can flow into these areas where there is undercuts and it may be it can be a nightmare to take it out um, there is no reason why you can't use a small um, round burr and a fast handpiece to to you know drill your um pro- your acrylic out but it can be stressful or it can cause damage to the teeth so you need to make sure that you block all the undercuts um, once that's done you are going to assess aesthetics phonetics shade and occlusion now, many times shade is something you can be forgiven upon because um, many times uh, the acrylic doesn't look as good as your porcelain if you're going to do porcelain restorations. But um, you need to make sure that the aesthetics and phonetics are uh, appropriate. Many times patient may not be able to speak properly on the appointment and that's why we are leaving patient with this mock-up to go home um, and try it out for a week before they come back more importantly you're going to check occlusion of patient now if you're going to check icp contact points and you're going to check guidance now if the guidance and icp contact points are way off than your mounting then you need to decide whether your mounting is correct or it's wrong now if the mounting is correct but the contact points are not matching that means when you're taking when you're doing this mock-up you might have moved your indices you're not taking the indices properly and the mock-up didn't seat or the indices didn't seat properly in the mouth and that's why there's a discrepancy if your mounting is wrong that that could be number of things it could be your model maybe your impressions wrong or your interclusive records were wrong your facebook records you were wrong or the technician didn't mount the model properly there's multiple things can go wrong so what do you do um i would suggest if the if the issue is the discrepancy is very minor then i would adjust it in patient's mouth and make sure patient's comfortable if that adjustment is very minor then i won't really bother about it uh, i would leave the patient with that and i would accept that mounting and wax up and i would accept that okay because i'm using a composite buildups i can adjust the composite a little bit it's not a big deal if you really want to be sh- certain on the day and if you want to use something called stamp technique or um, you want to use a technique where you're doing injectable uh, composites then what you can do is you can adjust the occlusion and then you retake the impression of your newly adjusted occlusion to make you a study models and you can use that for indices now if once once you've done the done the mock-up 
um, and you make sure that you clear the interproximal spaces. Now, sometimes PTFE tape may not be enough to clear those interproximal spaces. You might have to use uh, number 12 blade to just remove the flick out those excess material. And once you've done that, then um, you can leave the patient with mock-up in situ for at least one week. If patient wants for two weeks, you can leave it for two weeks, but one week usually is enough. And then you review patient in one week time. And that will be your appointment four. Your appointment four will be your review appointment, or which is a mock-up after, review of the mock-up after one to two weeks. When you're reviewing patient in appointment four, you are going to check, um, you're going to assess mock-up or for any chipping. You're going to assess patient's TMJ or and any muscle pain because if patient's been waiting for a week and if patient's having muscle pain, then you have a couple of options. You can leave patient for a bit longer to see if the, the pain is just because something new or you check occlusion, make sure there is no interferences and leave patient for, for a bit longer. Now, if patient gets used to after another week, then no issues. If patient's still not getting used to with that, then you need to really go back to the drawing board. You need to change the OVD. You need to either give patient Michigan splint or you need to go back to drawing board and make sure that the, the pain is disappeared and then you retry that wax up. Um, Sometimes that means that, you know, you need to give patient Michigan splint and let them relax. In my experience of doing hundreds of cases, I have never come across at this stage that patient would have pain. Usually patient would have pain in the very beginning of the stages. And if you've done your job properly, then uh, you, you would have sorted those patients out who may have get TMJ pain or muscle pain beforehand and given patient um more uh, sort of a Michigan splint or some sort of a deprogrammer. However, I have had some students who have had patients who had issues with TMJ and muscle pain after mock-up. And I would always say that that's great because mock-up is your testing time. You're testing everything without doing anything to patient's teeth. And this is the time, appointment number four is the time when you can really pull out of your treatment plan and gather your data again and regroup and go back to patient and say, look, whatever we are planning to do is probably not going to work because I've done the assessment. This is what I've found and your TMJ or your muscles are not really um, taking this um, increase in OVD you know, pro nicely and, you know, they are, they're being sore. So um, you need to go back to drawing board and you need to um, make sure that the muscles are, you know, there's no issues with them, muscles or TMJ. Now, why this is important? This is important because it avoids you doing anything irreversible in patient's mouth. Um, if, if you... The way I was trained when I did my master's is we gave pay all our patients, all our patients who needed full mouth reconstruction, a Michigan splint before we started. And that was the norm. And because of that, it's a foolproof um, sort of a treatment modality, which means if you give patient Michigan splint, then you know whether patients got problem with TMJ, any issues, patients that, you know, deprogram really nicely and you start doing that. However, that will delay your treatment at least three months. And in practical world, it doesn't work all the time delaying your treatment because many times patient wants things there and then. But you still need to do your risk assessment. 
And that's why you that's why you have incorporated these stages, which will allow you to do things in a practical terms, but still doing your risk assessment. Okay, because one of the majority of the concerns dentists have is what if I increase over the inpatient and develop TMJ problem? Now you're you're testing it out in this in this mock-up and this is reversible so you're also going to see any chipping or breaking of the mock-up if patient's chipping or breaking you need to see why is it because the mock-up's thin or is it because the patient's broxist and they're just destroying everything and you need to warn patient if that's happening then you remove this mock-up once you assess everything you know you're happy with it you remove a mock-up using either sickle scaler uh, hand scaler um, you usually works however sometime you need to have a fast hand piece if the if the mock-up is very thick to just make a small section and then just flick them off to make them thin and then flick them off you need to warn patient that you know they will feel pull, pull or tug when you are removing that because it's not really a pleasant process once you've done remove the mock-up make sure that you uh, have the tooth surfaces are cleaned and floss individual interproximal areas and make sure there is no remnants have been left then you would book next appointment for buildups um, either two weeks uh, later or later than that to allow uh, gingiva to be sort of healthy because many times despite of you giving patient instruction it's very difficult to clean in between and the gingiva might be a bit sore or they might be sore from you pulling and taking the, the, the mock about. So I would not advise you to book your appointment number five or your build-up appointments on the same day. So make sure your mock removal of the or review of the mock-up is a separate appointment, which is appointment number four. Make sure you remove all the mock-up and wait for two weeks for gum to heal before you um, build the rest of the teeth. And so book patient accordingly uh, two weeks uh, later on. Now, this is your mock-up stage. And the mock-up stage is really important because this will allow you and patient, both of you, to know that you both are on the same page or not. And it will allow patient to know that uh, what they're paying for. So I generally break down my treatment into two phases where I would charge patient up to mock-up and I would say this is an assessment phase. After we've done all this, if I or you both do not agree on the results you're going to get, then we can stop. I would not have done anything irreversible to your mouth. Most of the time, because when we're increasing OVD, it's an additive wax up. Unless there's a reductive wax up, then you can't really do anything. But most of the time, it's an additive wax up. Um, and so that patients are aware that they need to invest a certain amount of money for you to do the assessment. The mock-up is also part of an assessment. So I tell patients that this is part of assessment. And after our only, only and after only, I've assessed everything. I can tell you whether you can have this treatment or not. But assessment fees are this much which are non-refundable and you know because obviously it takes time for me to do the assessment and but majority of the time I tell patient that look this is what I think is going to progress to because of my experience um, but we need to still do assessments just so that we don't get caught out. Once you've done appointment four and you before you move on to appointment five you may want to look into um, different things so you need to look into stabilization phase. Remember when Initially, we were taught we were taught as um, stabilization, emergency phase, and stabilization phase, disease control phase, definitive phase, 
and then you have maintenance phase. So after you have done appointment number four and you know that this is your plan, you may want to do stabilization or disease control phase where you need to do extraction of the teeth which need extraction, periodontal treatment, endodontic treatment, uh, core investigation where you're going to remove all the amalgam out, caries out and do core investigation and assess the patient's teeth and uh, control any cause of the disease. Now, ideally, this all needs to be done at your appointment number one stage in the sense that you've done appointment number one. You need to tell patient that, look, before we go ahead with full matric construction, you need extraction, periodontal treatment, endodontic treatment, removal of the caries and, and core stabilization um, and control of the diseases. And then you move on to appointment number two, which is record keeping and then three and four. Uh, but for some reason, if you have not done any of these, then you need to do it before you start doing any buildup. So make sure you have endoperio and, and caries, everything sorted. Um, and then, on, and only then, you can move on to your next step. Um, make sure you give a patient that diet chart with patient, you know, uh, need to fill so that you know what patient are eating or using. Um, make sure that you have a, a stable uh, teeth with good endodontic treatment. Make sure you've done your core assessment so you know that none of the teeth are going to flare out uh, f during, so you know, the case not into the pulp and you may need, not need root canal treatment. Um, once you've done the core assess investigation, which means removal of the old amalgam, you will also know whether that rest, that tooth needs an indirect restoration or it's a direct restoration. And this is how you will be able to tell patient as well that, you know, after your appointment four, when you're going to finalize the treatment plan, you will then patient tell, you tell patient that, you know, this tooth needs full mouth, uh, you know, or co full, full coverage, uh, onlay or, you know, crown or whatever. So you'll be able to, it'll help you in planning your case better. So in this episode, we discussed about mock-up, very, very important step of the procedure. So make sure you do not uh, skip this because it will help you in um, uh, risk assessing patient and patient's needs um, and patient's TMJ and muscles. So in the next uh, episode, we are going to now discuss about appointment five and further which is uh, your build-up appointments so i hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, looking forward to meeting you in the next episode